Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast. We're doing indoor insights and we've got the legends of the game back. We have John McEnroy, Marsha Cox, our tournament MCs who know what their way to an international field and they're back to digest the World Cup, to talk about the pools. Of course, we previously spoke about the excitement of the tournament happening, but now we want to actually talk about what is going to happen on the park. So, uh, Mackie Marsh, welcome back. Uh, we're face-to-face, so this is quite nice for me. If we start in the women's tournament, uh, because there's no better place to start, we look at Pool A. These are the teams. We've got Australia, Austria, Netherlands, New Zealand, South Africa, and the United States of America. Uh, what are your views on some of those teams that uh, you've had a look at and what you know from the world of hockey? Well, Dabu... Seeing some of these teams um, on the pitch training, it's was it's been quite quite different from Thursday's performances to what we saw today. I think so. It also shows you that teams are settling in; they're getting used to the pitch. Uh, jet lag probably is also out of the system. So a team like New Zealand, I thought, um, were quite quite interesting on Thursday. Um, a team that has no uh, yeah, we don't really know an official ranking for them. I believe um, so. This is, you know, a debut performance um, for them and and this this team. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they progress. And I think that they're going to be a team that grows into this tournament. Um, I'm quite keen to see our South African women also make it into the top four. Um, I'm quite confident that they can. The Dutch, I think, are the favourites, but I think our South African women could finish in the top four. There's a before you put in there is an interesting nuance there, uh, uh, guys. Is that when New Zealand take to the field tomorrow, um, it will be every single player on the park's debut test cap. So not even like an Oceania Cup. Uh, They've maybe played a couple of friendlies. They've never played an an international official test. So that's pretty pretty special to be part of. Uh, Absolutely. It's a a big moment for the Black Sticks, and it's amazing to have them here, part of the tournament. If I'm the the South African uh, management coaching staff, I'm looking to to really take advantage of that inexperience. And I think looking at the pool, pool A, I think um, South Africa are are probably going to look to learn a lot, manage themselves through Netherlands and Austria, and then really target the, the other three matches. And I think possibly all three of those nations... Minus New Zealand, I think New Zealand's objectives might be slightly different, but South Africa and the United States, no doubt, are targeting those matches to to try and get themselves into the next part of of the tournament. And obviously, if you get to the next part, anything can happen. It's a short fray, it's a short um, form of the game, um, but really important, I think, to see how Lenny Berta and his team manage their their energy, manage their resources in the games against the Dutch. Not to say that we're, we're going to go there to, to lose, but there's a real skill in, in managing tournaments. And I think the South African girls have a, an opportunity to do something, but they have to be really, really intelligent about it. There, there is an interesting dynamic. I mean, obviously, top four make the quarterfinals, but in a six-team pool, there's a very good chance of a tie. Yep. How important could goal difference become end of pool stage? Well, uh, goal difference is then the determining factor. So then it's really important. I think um, there's a saying that I quite like, and that is defense wins championships. And I think that teams must remember that. All the teams, in fact, because if you also know that goal difference is what counts, you've got to keep the opposition 
out for as long as possible and keep those goals when you do lose keep the the goals against as low as possible the other the other interesting aspect of something that uh, even you wouldn't have experienced too many times in your career is it's a very uh, broad um, spectrum pool and what i mean by that is there's only two european nations there's an african a north american and two oceanians so four continents represented what are the chances of four continents getting a team into the quarterfinals I'm quite excited to actually see that happen. I think it would be it would be phenomenal for for Africa to have an African team in the quarterfinals, um, and indeed for for the Americas and and Oceania like to to also do that. You know, Mackie said it last night at at the opening um, the opening ceremony or opening function that the African teams are not here for a haircut, but I don't think that any of the other teams are either. I mean, I think this is a a, a World Cup. Uh, it's a first. It's a first in Africa. And in terms of FIH and the story of hockey, it's a big moment for the growth for the growth of the sport. And it would be incredible to see. I mean, obviously, from our perspective, South African tournament. Uh, our neighbours, Namibia. Both sets of teams have a fighting chance, and and it would be wonderful to see them. You know. Um, take that chance you know a world cup in south africa doesn't come around every once in a lifetime yeah absolutely well maybe 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 twice if we can uh, get play our cards right of course over in pool b we have belgium who were supposed to be the hosts originally uh, canada czech republic kazakhstan namibia and of course the wonderful story that is ukraine what's your thoughts looking at pool b I mean, I'm I'm inspired. You know, a South African loves an underdog, and um, it's beautiful to see the power of sport. And I think the Ukrainians are going to get a lot of support in in South Africa. And uh, having watched them in uh, the the stadium warming up, um, they look sharp. They look like a good team. And I think, you know, it's almost like they have the the world um, supporting them, um, urging them on. So. I think that's a potentially a cool running story, a big Disney story waiting to happen. Yeah, Ukraine, African champions, Namibia. Yeah, I think uh, Namibia have a lot to play for, not just for their title as African champs, but it's also um, Maggie Mango, their captain. She's announced that this is her last tournament. It's her last run. She's been phenomenal for their team, and I think that they're going to want to make this a special tournament for her. And what about Belgium? You know, uh, there's always going to be the thoughts that this should have been a tournament that is in their country. Um, it was supposed to be in 2021. It was supposed to then be in 2022. COVID intervened. Um, obviously, they've got uh, a little bit of maybe a disappointing chip on their shoulder that they're not playing at home. Do you think that uh, would be an inspiring motivator or do you think it could be a little bit of a demotivating factor? I mean, for me, Belgium as a nation is becoming a superpower. Um, and obviously, um, the men have had unprecedented success over uh, quite a long um, period of time. And no doubt that rubs off in the, in the whole program. And I think uh, whatever um, format, in whatever age group, in whatever tournament, if Belgium are up against you, you know you're going to have a tough, uh, a tough match. It's, it's, uh, Belgium has become uh, a hockey power. And so it's amazing how players live up to that. And I think even if there's some inexperienced players, 
um, no matter what the circumstances, there's like an expectation of, of brand Belgium. So I would expect a, a really combative, really tough opponent and, and one that also just has that, um, that sense of how to win important games. So I, I would never write the Belgians off. And I think in terms of it not being in, in Belgium, I think they'll, they'll take the positives there. They're here in, in, in Africa. Um, the sun is shining outside. Uh, many people spoke about how um, in previous formats, there's, there's uh, snow to deal with in, in the warm-ups outside. Here, there's no such thing. Um, people are going inside to get a little bit of cool air conditioning. Hopefully, there won't be any power cuts um, in, in South Africa. There's other challenges to deal with, but no, I think the, the Belgium nation is a professional nation, and I expect I have high expectations of Belgium. Yeah, I think what you, you talk about, like some of the European nations, um, what's interest, what's really nice is I, I don't think that it's always it's only only applicable for the European nations, but nations that are also really well known for their outdoor teams performances you have a different uh, type of performance from their indoor players where they're also wanting to earn their respect on the international hockey scene and wanting to show that they are forced to reckon with so i think that that's what you probably would expect from belgium you see it with argentina you see it with the australians it's like they want to prove not only to the world but also to their own country that their indoor team is just as good, if not better, than any of their outdoor outdoor teams. Yeah, it's a, a little bit like the the sevens rugby kind of vibe, and and we here from South Africa we understand that because our sevens rugby team has had great success over previous years. But we see often sevens can even be used as a springboard to getting a player recognised into the fifteen man game. And you know you never know that for one of these players a great indoor se- season, a great tournament. You know, they could be in the reckoning for Paris 2024. You know, you could... I'm not saying that that would be the plan. The plan right now is to try and win the tournament. Walk up, yeah. But absolutely, it could be something that gets your name onto selectors' lips. And obviously, success breeds success. Yeah, I think also going home with uh, the title as world, indoor world champion earns the gives you the respect that you deserve. So I think all the players, regardless of whether they're fighting for that respect um, as a non-outdoor player or or not i think that they just want to show that they are deserving of a world championship and and i think this year we have to mention um the elephant in the room that the the germans are not here everyone knows that it's an opportunity to become world champion the germans will not be the world champions this year someone else will be Mm -hmm. Uh, what an opportunity that is i mean i'm thinking about um you know when we began the journey with Robert Tiggers here in South Africa, that was on the back of, of, of Holland becoming um, underdog champions of the world in, in, in 2015. And how that changed like that, that group of players' lives, um, and in particular, like likes of Robert Tiggers became really influential in South Africa and became a big ambassador. It just shows you winning a world title is winning a world title and yeah. it's there for the taking. And there's African teams, there's European teams and the Germans are not here. And it's a, it's a great pity. We wish the Germans were here and, and, and that's, uh, that's life. But uh, they're not here and it's an opportunity, a grand opportunity for, for someone to take with both hands. It's, it's a beautiful thing. We, we saw at, the, funda- uh, at the, the, the launch last night when you asked, has anyone here won eight tournaments? We had three people stand up and the applause that they got from the room just shows the respect that that carries. And so before we segue into the, the men's tournament, looking at the women's tournament, We've said it a few times, the Dutch are the favourites, but who else? Who else do you expect to knock on the door and who are your dark horses? 
Well, um, Czech Republic are then your next ranked team, and I think that they they are also under a little bit of pressure, and there's a bit of expectation. They also did quite well in the Europeans a few months ago, so they've got that experience under their belt, and they're probably going to want to want to use that. Um, however, looking like I said, I think that this is going to be a tournament where we're going to see a lot of teams grow into it. I think some of the teams are going to get better as the tournament progresses. So a dark horse for me would definitely be our South African woman. I think that if they play a good structure and and exactly manage the process well, um, you know, anything can happen once you're in that quarterfinal stage. For me, the South African women have a foundation to proceed in this tournament. For me, the key thing that I want to see an improvement on is the penalty corners. And I think this applies to all of the teams. The team that gets has the most prolific penalty corner and executes well in the next 10 days of their life are going to be the team that are going to be trying to challenge for that for that cup. And I think that's an area for me noticing a big improvement in the South African team's uh, penalty corners. It just looked slicker. It looked like they're ready for a World Cup. So I was impressed with that and I hope that they can kick on and they can really become really effective in penalty corners with a good defense, some experienced players. Um, for me, um, not a dark horse, but uh, a young player to watch for South Africa is Dani Dolavira. For me, she's fearless. She has the same um, type of attitude that, that the, the Cassim brothers are exuding. That attitude of like, I'm not overawed. I'm 19 years old, but I'm here to play. I'm here to win. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I agree with Marsh. I think uh, go South Africa. Um, we're behind you. Um, manage the week well and get those penalty corners um, humming. So I've, I, I have watched a few warm-up games and I think uh, the USA ladies look very interesting. A, a well-coached team. Um, but uh, the Ukraine, I mean, it's a great story. And what a great story it would be if they managed to get themselves into the semi-final stages alongside South Africa, of course. Um, but I think that would be absolutely superb. What about a couple of players? I mean, you, you've pointed out Danny Dallavira. Uh, any other players you think? I mean, obviously, I'm going to pump for Alex Hilbert in, in goal for, for the Netherlands. She, she was on the podcast the other day, which means you automatically get a mention. But <laughs> she was also the 2018 keeper of the tournament, and she is a, an incredible shot stopper. Uh, so she's someone to watch. You know, one other that I will raise, and I hope I'm not stealing one from either of you, is Edith Modikwe from South yes. Africa. Go Edith, I'm in team. Go Edith. Yeah, I think if, yes. if, if her mind is right, and her game is right, she's going to be one of the stars of the show. Her mind is right, her, her game mind, is right. Yeah, we exactly. love Modikwe fans here. Yeah, flat out, flat out Modikwe fans. Heavy on Modikwe. Yes. Um, Spelt with an L. Don't don't judge us. That is the right pronunciation. Yes. yes. Um, two players to watch. Uh, Robert Tigg is also the, is the coach of the men's um, Dutch men's team. He also coaches the Amsterdam ladies um, in the league. And two players to watch: Gabriel Mosch and uh, Noor Debat. For me, they are two really uh, exciting players, and they're, they're they're both really young. Hey, Mosch. Yeah. They they are really young talents. Um, twenty two and twenty three years old. Um, and they, if I'm not mistaken, Gabrielle almost already played a World Cup. Um, so at the age of 23, she's already playing in her second World Cup. I think that's that's already phenomenal. That says a lot about the type of player that she is. Jabu, what about you? Anyone else to, that's caught your eye? 
yeah, I can't pronounce probably half of their names, and I'm on commentary tomorrow, so tonight is a, 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 a lesson in commentary for me. But of course, obviously, an interesting name in the team is uh, in for, for Belgium, 34 caps already, but we know her more as an umpire these days, is uh, Lorraine Delforge. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm excited to see her back on the park playing again, so that should be quite exciting. And obviously, from uh, Namibia, They've got a really, really exciting striker, Zaley Philander. If she gets the ball on the front foot, uh, goals waiting to happen. So, you know, we've got players galore that we're looking to to uh, see perform. And really, that's it. We just hope that all these players are able to perform at the best of their game and give everybody the spectacle of indoor hockey that uh, we're craving. It's a good time then to segue from the, the women into the men. And uh, for the men, we start with Pool A. And uh, the name right on the top of the list, alphabetically, but probably if there were bookmakers running betting on this, Austria, Belgium, Kazakhstan, Namibia, Netherlands, and New Zealand. Whew, that's a tough pool. Yeah, this is going to be really exciting. And I think, you know, I how do I say this in the nicest way? But I think the men's competition is always slightly different to the women's competition, just just by nature. I think that there's a different dynamic watching the the penalty corners today and just seeing you know the the speed that some of them executed at. So I am I'm quite excited, especially with this pool A that um, we've got pretty much a derby with Belgium, Netherlands. We've got Austria that uh, have done a lot of pain to to the Dutch men's team as well in the history of indoor world hockey, not just World Cups but also the Europeans. Um, so there's there is a little bit of uh, grudge games that we will see as well, which always makes it exciting. And yeah, I think uh, the Namibian men, men have also waited a really long. Everybody's waited a really long time for this tournament, but having it on African soil is also really special for them. And a lot of those guys being part of the PSI um, over the years, they've also just grown. Yeah, for me, if I'm Namibia, I'm excited by this pool because I think you get to sharpen your tools against the likes of Netherlands, Austria, kind of with nothing to lose. There's no, I mean, they're going to go there to compete and they're not going to be overawed by the Dutch and by the Austrians. But being really sort of cold-blooded about it, they can hone their skills against the... um, the Dutch and the Austrians, and again, mentioning the, the, the goal difference is essential. It's, too, it's, it's huge, it's huge. So keeping it really tight in those games and then focusing on, on the rest of the pool, I think, you know, for me, Namibia is a specialist indoor nation. They have been part of this PSI revolution and have really created a buzz around indoor. And there's a belief, there's a strut in the step. Um, the likes of Liam Hermanus, the Brink brothers, those Oaks are fighters. DJ Strauss, they are a tight unit of players and they are going there to fight, to, to win, to try. And I think it's I, I think the, the tough pool is going to benefit the Namibians um, rather than the opposite. And I mean, if you look at that pool, you, you, you realistically saying that's three European powerhouses and, and I'm not trying to discredit anyone, but that means there's a fourth quarterfinal spot available. What a great opportunity for Kazakhstan and Namibia and New Zealand that you know you basically try and get two wins and you got yourself into a quarterfinal and concede as few goals as possible when you do take a loss 
absolutely manage manage the games of course we go over to pool b and pool b is a, a an interesting one we start with the debutants argentina mm -hmm. we then have australia of course fourth place just uh, five years ago very different team that played that tournament czech republic iran the bronze medalists south africa and usa on paper south africa would be backing themselves so would iran so would argentina czech republic and australia in fact everybody's looking mm -hmm. at this group and saying i can get out of it no doubt about it i think this group is the most wild card mysterious group that you can you can create scenarios that can go either which way and uh, i mean it makes it a dark horse that whole group is a dark horse it's there for the taking I think having watched USA, I was pretty impressed. It just looked like a sharp unit. I mean, we all know um, Mr. Jason Mulder well from South Africa. He's the coach of the US side. Pat Harris's international pedigree has, has spanned many years. A man of great experience, but still you can see on the field, he's hungry, he's quick, he's, he's ready. So I don't know, I think USA definitely piqued my interest in the, in the last couple of days. It gave me like, oh, I. I Took, mm -hmm. a, took a second uh, glance at USA. Uh, what about you, Marsh? Who, who's, yeah. uh, who's, who's looking uh, exciting in that group? Yeah, I was also really impressed with the United States build-up so far from what we've seen. And Argentina as well. We know that they always play with the, yeah, a different level of passion. It's, it's on, it definitely is just another level, um, but also really skillful players. And they're also looking quite sharp and well-trained and, and very uh, fit. They also have uh, some, some players that uh, are what we can describe as X-Factor players in Joaquin Gonzalez. And of course, there's Captain Juan. 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 <laughs> Not two, but um, shame, man. During the press conference, he tried to get me to pronounce his surname. And after three times we, of trying, I called him butcher. one. Yeah, we uh, won't yeah. butcher it. We'll just call him Juan, ala, the ala, captain. Alakage, something like that. I, I will uh, get better at it. Of course, uh, Massimo Lanzano, the coach, is an Italian. And uh, he'll bring a little bit of Italian flair to the, the Argentinian flair. So that, that could be a, either a, a really great combination or a combustive one. They're an exciting team. Uh, obviously, Czech Republic, based on rankings, should be right up there. Uh, it's always hard to judge based on rankings. But what about the players? We, we've picked a few players. I know we've mentioned a few mm -hmm. names already. But who else are we looking at that are going to be stars of this World Cup? We always talk about the Kasim brothers, and I think that they're going to shine, as they always do. I think that they've set a standard for themselves that is actually really high, and they never drop their, their standard below that. But I do think that our South African team is filled with a lot of talent as well. And I think that this is going to be a tournament that we're going to have a new South African name on the, on the cards. And I'm quite excited to see who that is, because they're a couple that we could name that have the potential to, to stand out in this tournament. And it's just going to be about which player takes that opportunity and, and does it. But I do believe we're going to, at the end of this tournament, we're going to be talking about a different South African name. Well, but let's talk about the one challenge that the South African team had that other teams don't have because, uh, Marsh, you already mentioned it. A lot of teams, their their indoor and outdoor teams are completely different. South Africa, there's the overlap. They had four players come from India. You know, Jethro, Ryan Julius and the Kasim brothers, they were in India for a month. It's a long time. They basically flew in from India and joined camp. Uh, you know, is that going to be something of a stumbling block for the South Africans? Me? Oh, um, I am, have always been concerned. I'm always 
just by nature concerned about player welfare. So um, one of the things that I was concerned about was the short turnaround time that that these four players uh, would have experienced. However, I think that um, there's South Africans we're we're just tenacious by nature. So I think that they would be they would just naturally have that ability to park the Indian experience aside and get ready for for the indoor World Cup. I think having it on South African soil gives them an extra motivation. And I think the fact that you change you change your specialty from outdoor, you put that stick to rest and you pick up an indoor stick. Um, with a different team, a different dynamic, a different focus, playing um, for them also their first indoor World Cup, um, and playing playing here at home where you know it's it's different to playing in India where your family weren't there. Now your family's here, and they're going to be here supporting you and and rooting for you. I think it gives a different focus and a different energy. So while I was concerned a few weeks ago about about this. I I think that seeing seeing them and seeing Jet last night, I think that they really pumped up for this tournament. I think um, the World Cup, um, Nations Cup, will take more out of the players than they'll realize. Um, playing at that level, the intensity, the focus, it's a lot. So. There's got to be something, um, some form of allowance uh, for that. Having said that, the the nature of the South African performance in in India, that team f- has unfinished business. Um, the team is beginning to believe in themselves at the highest level, and show that they have reason for it with with outcomes. And when they don't get outcomes, they they are they are they're angry they they want to they want to um they want to take the next step as a group and um i was really impressed how they they finished the tournament well you know really emphatically beating malaysia and and giving india a good run for their money i think on the note of india i mean india really experienced the um the responsibility and the weight of of playing a world cup at home Obviously, India is India. That's an, a whole nother level. But for sure, I think there's going to be more nerves than usual for the South African team and something different for them to be playing in a World Cup at, at home with all the family, with all the support. That also brings a pressure. And, and I don't know. And also, South Africa has a responsibility now because they're, they're, not, uh, uh, they're a team that, that is, is there to compete. So I'm going to be really interested to see how our team respond. And I mean, I'm I'm two times Kasim fan right here, but all, Julius is now an experienced player. He's he's heading towards thirty somewhere. Um, <laughs> Are we going to talk about Taryn Rolf? Okay, so playing so, his final World Cup, I'm sure. Well, never yeah. say never, because uh, who knows? Um, I would never write uh, a man up, but it's likely to be his last World Cup. But yeah. I think his selection is really. Um, I mean, a great um, reflection of the man that he is, like a real fighter, but also in a recognition of the importance of a balance between youth, flair and experience. And I think especially in the Indoor World Cup format, the um, having one or two really experienced World Cup campaigners is, is crucial to the balance of a team. Yeah, indeed. And he's known as the, the king of indoor in the Netherlands. So I'm quite excited to see him really step up his performance and and you know have the tournament of his life we talk about the excitement of the youngsters but i mean 
DJ Strauss is no youngster. He is a leader. Justin Domlio is no youngster. He's a leader. Tony Rolf is no youngster, but he's a leader. I think this could be the World Cup that the youngsters make the spark, but that the youngsters light the fire, uh, the old boys light the fire kind of thing. I think uh, they're going to have a big stay in, in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, we could be writing some very, very interesting stories come the end of the week about uh, an older statesman being rolling back the years and, and putting it all out on the park. I think as a um, as one of the the young fiery talented players that are in in most of the the teams that we've spoken about the exist the presence of an older statesman as you as you put it is crucial it just gives freedom to express yourself to know that you have a guy who has your back and generally the Rohoffs the Harrises they're probably going to play one of the back two maybe the middleman depending on, on, on the, the phase of the game but it just gives stability and it gives permission for the Mustafas and the people with precocious, precocious talents like uh, Liam Hamanis to just go for it just to play I mean the, the, the sheer presence of DJ Strauss just, is just powerful it's, it's really really powerful well, we're at that point where we need to wrap up. Looking at the fixtures for tomorrow, uh, Marsh, if I can ask you to pick a game to watch in the women's tournament. There's six games. If you share which is your pick of the day. And Mackie, if I can ask you to go through the men's games and pick which is your game to watch for day one uh, of the World Cup. For the women, I think the starting game, Austria-South Africa, I think that this is going to be the game to watch. Um I think that not only is it the opening game for our for our host nation, our South African woman who we are backing all the way, but I think to have a, a game against Austria um, like this, it's going to be end-to-end stuff and with a, a great opportunity and it could go either way. So I think that this is going to be a really tight game and our South African women have a great opportunity to start the game, to start the tournament off on three points. I mean, Jabu... It's the opening of the first ever World Cup on South African soil. South Africa playing against Australia. Every South African who has picked up a ball, a stick, a rugby ball, a tennis ball, we want to beat the Aussies. They've come here all the way to Pretoria, so it would be rude of us not to give them a good, uh, a good rinsing. So I'm really looking forward to that setting this, the tone for the World Cup. But if I'm looking at a, at a game that I'm interested in, beyond the, the, the South African and the opening, it's Netherlands against Namibia. Mm-hmm. It's... Those two nations have, have almost, I mean, Namibia has become a, a, an indoor nation. Um, Robert Tiggers has a close relationship with the Namibian team, as in through PSI, Robert Tiggers is, is like a cult hero in Namibia. So both teams know each other well. And I think the Namibians are going to hope to catch the, the Netherlands off guard and hopefully, you know, taking some time to get used to the, the pitch, the scenario, the, the heat, the blah, blah, blah. And I think the Namibians are just going to go for it. Uh, it promises to be a cracker. 12 games of action, all available on the Watch Hockey app. Of course, if you're in South Africa, also on SABC Plus, as well as live on Supersport. So it is wherever you want to watch it. Get there around the world. Watch Hockey. It is a th- $4 pass for a tournament pass. You can see all the games, all there, all live. Uh, we'll, we'll have more throughout the course of the week on Hockey the Podcast with Indoor Insights and with Mackie and Marsh. Cheers.